When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that wants to taste my ass on your stash. Oh. Wait, oh. Oh, oh, that's a journey. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today, Kyle, that was that was that was a lot. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay. I really want to make you think, but like in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sexually yeah. intelligent. Fuck yeah. emotional intelligence. I'm sexually intelligent. Are you artificially sexually intelligent? Uh, we'll find out after today's episode about Artificial intelligence. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence. But first. But first. Yeah. But first, uh, we got an email that was the most cursed email. We got the worst and best email that we've ever gotten. And I will read its full contents henceforth. Okay. It said, need to know more about Tweary's Twissy. Yeah. (laughs) That was it too, right? Like there's no, there was no, there was no body to that email. email. That's. This is a Republican you're talking about. That is private and offensive. <laughs> and it's nasty down there. Yeah. yeah. In a good way, in a bad way, you won't know unless you fuck him. Which he's available for. But, like, you got to go on a couple dates. He's old school. He's classy. He's a classy bitch. Yeah. He's not here with us today because... Query is on assignment. He's out on assignment <laughs> on a date. <laughs> Another thing to know our survey is this will be the Hey, last put down the dildos. Listen to Kyle. Put down the dildo. Pick up the headphones. <laughs> um, uh, the survey, this is the last time I will remind you, the last opportunity to take it will be at the end of the month, January 31st. So on Tuesday, so Monday, you get to be tired and angry at life. And then Tuesday, fill it out. It really helps us. We've had a lot of great responses and we would love more. Uh, to help us make the show the best it could possibly be. Yes, go to gayishpodcast.com slash survey. Yeah. Now. Push stop and do it now. Now. Or wait until Tuesday, whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever I, I, you want. I'm not your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. That's the weird thing. <laughs> Eat more bacon. Moms think that bacon is helpful. I'm a mom from the 70s. I don't know. God. Well, And while we're while we're talking about shit, our, our, uh, our Patreon uh, Zoom happy hour for uh, the first one of 2023 is happening uh, next week. Uh, that is going to be Wednesday, February the 1st at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Look in the Patreon app for your link. Yeah, you're welcome to join for just a month. Anyone at any level can can do it. So if you want to just join, see what it's about, join Patreon for one month, quit the next month, you know, whatever you got to do. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to hang out, chat with people, you know, have some drinks. Yeah, so do that. Also, we have 100 words. Hooray! Yeah. If you pay us enough money, you can send in 100 (laughs) words, and uh, I will read them. Doesn't matter what they are. Uh, This one comes from Elliot, and uh, goes goes like this. Morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are around the world, I hope this story puts a smile on your face. Let me set the scene. I'm home alone. It's dark outside. Cold winter evening in B.C., Canada. I just got back inside from smoking a killer joint, three grams of 29% sativa, 
but I prepared myself for this evening of fun. Before I left for the walk, I douched and slipped my Wii Vibe Vector in. Walking around town smoking an enormous joint while I play with the Wii Vibe app is something else. Perfect way to warm up for an evening of fun. Another prep I like to do is warm up some blankets in the dryer. Mmm, I'm now laying on my bed, naked and wrapped in a cozy warm blanket. Here I am scrolling Reddit looking for something to curl my toes and roll my eyes to. Switching from the Wii Vibe to a 5-inch dildo to start off with. Apply some lube, a little more, a little more lube. 10, 20 minutes of that, I jump up to a 6-inch dildo. More lube. Some more time has passed, and I jump up in size again to a 7-inch dildo. More lube, more lube. I love this dildo, and I have no concept of time when I'm this high. So I'm rolling around in the bed in my cozy blanket, enjoying myself. Many positions and sticking the suction cup of the dildo to whatever it will stick to. I stand up on the bed with intentions to get a different dildo. Similar size, but has some neat features on it. That ultra-lubed 7-inch dildo slipped out my ass so fast, I had no reaction to grabbing it. Too high to process that speed. I watched this luby 7-incher bounce and hit every fucking piece of furniture in the bedroom. I laughed so hard, I ended up having a nap and not coming in the end. So there is such a thing as too much lube. Elliot. <laughs> okay, one, that's hilarious. Being too high to catch your luby dildo is very funny. <laughs> Two, was that 100 words or do you owe us an extra $15? You, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you may owe us more money for the mm-hmm. for us receiving that story yeah thank you for your words thank you for your words elliot and uh, you are goddamn lucky that i can't count <laughs> gays can't count for shit yeah that was like this is 340 words what the fuck elliot are you too high <laughs> still high you know fingers too luby to do the word count button i get it you're required to do 100 words unless you're too high (laughs) we'll give you an excuse for that one case thank you for sending that in thank you uh you can send in your 100 words feel free to whenever assuming that you you know have that right it is an underutilized benefit of patreon so yeah um send them in as often as you want to okay here's the news Shut your mouth hole, it's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. News the first. Kyle, I know that you don't follow YouTube very much, but are you familiar with the YouTube channel Charlie is So Cool Like? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, great. Well, uh, Charlie is So Cool Like has been a major YouTube star. one of the first major YouTube stars from the United Kingdom. Uh, the first one to reach 1 million subscribers been around for a really long time but uh she's trans she disappeared for a a while and has reappeared visibly transitioned anyway and yeah charlie mcdonald is 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 back and she's she's trans so unfortunately you can't transition out of being british like she's kind of trapped in that forever (laughs) and that's something that that none of us can change i'm so sorry about that Uh, on Thursday, the 20th of January, uh, uh, they released a reintroduction, uh, question and answer video. They confirmed that they go by she, they pronouns and, uh, she began hormone replacement therapy four months ago. She added that her first name is Charlie, which she plans to formalize legally. And, uh, uh, she said she'd been quote gone for quite a while and a lot's changed. 
but I'm interested in sort of dipping my toe back into the water of YouTube. I felt like maybe if I came back, perhaps I might enjoy doing it again. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, they have uh, over 2 million subscribers Damn. despite disappearing. She said she started growing her hair out during the COVID-19 pandemic because it was a pretty good cover story. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. people couldn't go out and have haircuts. And she has wiped her social media channels of old content to, quote, make sure that any internet space that I had control over presented me as the person I am now. I didn't want them, meaning her old videos, to be the thing that people saw when they Googled my name. And I just hope people will kind of respect that decision. Oh, boy. Asking but. the Internet to be respectful is such a... <laughs> I mean, you know they're not going to be, which sucks, but it's a fair request and a... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's too much. That's too, that's a bridge too far, Charlie. It's, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be like, just be respectful of me as a human. Like that's too much for most people, which fucking sucks. Uh, she acknowledged that transphobes did make her anxious about returning to social media and was overall nervous to be returning. Quote, I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling more confident than I ever have. I'm excited by my life right now. And then someone on uh, Twitter at uh, Ruby P power said, Charlie is even cooler, like, <laughs> and, a, and a, a picture of the trans flag. So, yeah. I like that you mentioned the excitement because I think so much, you know, when we talk about the politics, it's always there's this shitty bill coming out and there's always mm -hmm. these, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people harassing or murdering trans people. Like, that's always what comes up. But there's also an excitement to figuring out who you are and and like taking those steps there's a really positive exciting uplifting happy wonderful part about this that is not discussed as much and it sucks be because all the other stuff overshadows it so much so it's nice to hear about like the excitement and the happiness part yeah absolutely so let's fuck that up with news the second are you <laughs> <laughs> hey kyle hey mike have you been following this George Santos thing? I know that it's come up, and I didn't want to call this just an update because I think it's new layers. I, I've just seen, like, you know, whatever shows up on my Instagram feed or whatever. I mean, okay. So George Santos, in case you haven't heard any of this before, George Santos was elected to Congress as a Republican who is gay and lied about every single thing on his resume. Potentially including that he is gay. Although yeah. that's, 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 that's not, that's not true. But he, he is the first out non-incumbent gay member of the GOP to be elected to Congress. So then this last week, pictures emerged online of a drag queen looking very suspiciously like George Santos. This is despite George Santos saying that he's never done drag, that drag is gross and that it's an attack on the family unit uh, for there to be drag, uh, especially yeah. like for the children. We need to save them from it. The Republicans gave him the talking points and he said them out loud. Like, yeah. Yep, exactly right. So now he is saying, quote, the most recent obsession from the media claiming that I am a drag queen or performed as a drag queen is categorically false. The media continues to make outrageous claims about my life while I'm working to deliver results. I will not be distracted nor phased by this. But there's a drag queen who says, yes, that's George Santos in that picture with me, standing next to me, <laughs> also being a drag queen. He's a big drag fan. And uh, it, it just, it's really interesting to me, I think, because it puts the Republicans in this in this weird 
spot of do they support this dude or not? Yes, they do. I mean, right? I don't know. Do they hate drag queens more than they hate Democrats? I think their their ability to manage cognitive dissonance knows no bounds. They are able to just look a fact right in the face and say no to it and just move on with their lives. They are able to say, no, that's not me to something that clearly was him and everyone says it's him and everyone knows it's him. And he's just able to say no. And Republicans are like, oh, well, he said no. Cool. Let's move on. They're just like, this is what Trump has done. It is nothing. No fact matters. If you're Republican, we will stand by you 110% no matter what you do. It's, it's this gross world that they've built around themselves that's unfortunately been working pretty well for them because when you defend your your own people even in the face of nazism even in the face of trying to overthrow the capital when you defend your people that strongly there's there's power in that it's a really yeah. sad shitty demoralizing power that we can see is is horrible like it, so yeah i think they just stand by him they just okay, we're going to live in this world, this lie world that you've built, and we're fine with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Yeah, I agree. Fuck them. <laughs> but you, did, you didn't seem as... Uh, you thought that maybe there was more wiggle room in this case that they may turn on him or something? I just think that they have gone so hard, not in a fun way, <laughs> against drag queens and drag culture. And claiming that it's sexual, that it's sexualized, that it is inappropriate for children. There are all of these the hundreds of bills now across the country in state legislatures have been introduced that in some way curtail either gender nonconforming identities and expressions or drag queens specifically. Mm -hmm. And I, I just I just don't know. Like they've gone they've gone all in on drag queens are bad and now if it's proven without a shadow of a doubt that this drag queen is George Santos, I don't know how they square that. It, I'm sure they will. I, you're right. Cognitive dissonance is like their their snack food of choice. But yeah. I don't know. It's it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they square it. The only time they have turned on another member of the Republican Party is when they spoke out against the Republican Party. Anyone who takes one half a step out of line, like th that's who they that's who they attack. So as long as he sticks with his lie about this wasn't me and then keeps voting their politics, they they have one more seat that's Republican that they got to hold on to. Like they, they can keep moving forward with their fingers in their ears. Yeah. Well, apparently he also let a dog die, which there was. What? Some, I didn't there, hear about this. There were some memes that were going around saying like, "This is this means he's gone too far." Like all of the other shit that we've seen so far. <laughs> so the there was a local news network um, that reported that Richard Osthoff, a disabled U.S. Navy veteran living in New Jersey, had a pit bull mix dog named Sapphire, and in oh. 2016. The dog required surgery to remove a tumor in its abdomen, and this vet needed funds for the vet. Yeah. So George Santos, under an alias, Anthony DeVolder, set up a fundraising page through an organization called Friends of Pets United and raised $3,000 to perform surgery on this dog. Apparently, the organization doesn't exist. The, oh the the dog went to a veterinarian in Queens. The veterinarian declines to operate on her. 
the vet asked the veteran asked Santos for the money. He told him that he had moved it into his charity to use for other dogs, and none of none, just none, none of that none of that is true. That organization doesn't exist. Like one way to read this is that he just raised three thousand dollars on the tumor of a dying dog, and <laughs> the dog died. Wow, it's amazing. It's fucking fantastic. You couldn't invent a better everything that's fucked up with the Republican Party than this situation. Anyway, fuck you, George Santos, and the dog you rode in on. <laughs> uh, news the last? Yeah. Okay. I've been kind of, I've been kind of trying to figure out how best to like what the most dramatic order is to reveal these facts to make oh. it interesting. Okay. Okay. So Matthew Gretsch is a British ex-gay. Oh. Yeah. So he claims that he has that he he was gay and just and just decided not to be that it was it was bad for him it was causing him danger and harm it was keeping him away from God etc and uh, then somehow managed to become ex-gay through a, a bunch of stuff right hmm. but uh, he went and had an interview with a organization in Malta. Malta has laws against conversion therapy. There is a full-on conversion therapy ban in Malta. As there should be everywhere. As there should be everywhere. But uh, at PM News, Malta in April of 2022, he talked about how he was able to leave homosexuality, which that's a hilarious sure. phrase. Yeah. So um, Malta is charging him with breaking their conversion therapy laws. So he was brought on the show to talk about how he no longer identifies as homosexual as a result of conversion therapy. He did say, I didn't do conversion therapy as such because I don't agree with the term. But he, he, he said that he was in relationships with men before becoming an ex-gay. He engaged with the church. And uh, they spoke about the suppression of feelings and how to deal with unwanted same-sex attraction, which that's a phrase that all of these motherfuckers use, right? <laughs> I mean, suppress your feelings, you're straight again. I mean, that's 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 clutch in becoming straight, is just suppressing those feelings. I just, yeah. Straight people, where are your feelings? Where did your feelings go? <laughs> where did you put them? <laughs> did you stuff them so far down you pooped them? <laughs> and uh, so now, because he's being, you know, charged with violating Malta's conversion therapy ban laws. He is being defended by the Christian Legal Center, a British group. So the UK has this organization. It's part of Christian Concern, which is a British group that claims, quote, it's becoming harder to be a Christian in the UK today. Oh God, it's so hard to be a Christian. And they're... <laughs> Building a movement of Christians who are passionate to see society changed by Jesus Christ. Um, they predictably say that, that, you know, marriage is between one man and one woman. They think that homosexuality, pornography, and premarital sex are problems facing society. But they're so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so much fun, y'all. Have you tried any of them? Because they're so fun. Oh god. Try all three at once. It's you so know they fun. haven't. If they would have if they would, they'd be less cranky and they wouldn't <laughs> be trying to like sue everybody. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh the group claims that they want to challenge transgender ideology. 
they, they claim that uh, the ever-changing theories about gender are confusing and have captured society's imagination. So it, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting, I think, because the UK has promised to ban conversion therapy, continues to not mm-hmm. ban conversion therapy. The Tories have said that they are going to ban conversion therapy any day now, but we'll see. But yeah, so there's this, this, this UK organization is leaping to the defense of a dude who violated Malta law. But okay, I'm confused about what, did he violate law just by talking about conversion therapy? Well, so the charge is that he discussed and advertised conversion practices. Okay. So he was sort of talking about Basically, I did it, and I can help you do it too. Oh, and okay, okay, okay. That that's what crosses the line because it's interesting because not all conversion therapy bans are the same. Like they are all each place that in, implements one implements it using whatever language they use. Yeah. And uh, in in Malta, they're very strict about not only not only the conversion the act of conversion therapy, but then also uh, advertising those kinds of services and so there's this gray area though i think of like i left homosexuality and i can help you do it too is that conversion therapy maybe Mm. but it's not called that and it's not advertised specifically as that but that's for sure what he's saying he's saying like i can help you by talking to you about it by getting jesus involved i can make you not gay yeah. That's a, that's fucking conversion therapy. That's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, I, it's yeah. interesting because I I I actually did like I think that someone who is, says they're ex gay should be able to talk about their experiences. But if they make the implication I that conversion, really, I I don't know. That that's a good like. I don't know. Like that's where I think freedom of speech. Like I'm fine with them talking about their personal experience. And I think if they imply that it works, which would be a hard line to get around, like if you imply that it, it works or that it's a credited practice or that it can help you, like any of that stuff, I can see that being misleading and you could, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know how you talk about it and say like, I am ex-gay without implying that it then does work. So I don't know how I'm, I don't know how what I'm saying holds up, but there is a weird, like I kind of support people talking about their own experiences. I don't like there's a weird line that I don't want to get crossed of banning yeah. sharing personal information. But, but when it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I think, I think there is something to be said for like, if you're a gay kid, if you're, you know, I, and I'm totally projecting because I'm talking about me. If you are a, a early teen and puberty is happening and you're like, I'm into boys, I'm not into girls. And here's this person, even if they're not advertising a specific service, and they're they're like i thought i was gay and then i'm super not that could fuck that kid up Hmm. yeah yeah maybe then the onus is on the like whatever like the news station or the tv channel that carried that information like who's the one conveying that message i suppose if it's juxtaposed with somebody who is not a dickbag saying like it doesn't actually work that way. Yeah. Hey, just like, like a pre, like here are the facts about conversion therapy doesn't work proven by medical science. Be who you are like, and now we're going to share with you what they, yeah, there's a way to do it. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I also think quick aside, there probably are ex, ex gay people, quote unquote, ex gay people, but they don't, if it's real, they don't have to tell you how ex gay they are. 
they just stop <laughs> and they go about their straight life after that, right? Like they they experimented, realized it wasn't for them, and they moved on. The fact well, that, that I mean, so many ex-gay people have to tell you how ex-gay they are. Look, everybody, at how ex-gay I am. That says that like there's some shit still going on for that person. But there, yeah, there's a big difference between I was questioning and I experimented and I came to the realization that I'm not gay. That's very different from ex-gay. Like I was gay and I got those. I turned off those feelings somehow. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Um, uh, Malta was the first country in the EU to ban conversion therapy. And uh, nice way to go, Malta. High five. Good job. That's the news. That's the news. Speaking of people I want to high five, it's the following Patreon members. Thank you to Josh Duncan, Nick Tinkle, Joey, Jeffrey Allison, and Theodore Thunderpuss. Oh. <laughs> One of those names is not like the others, Kyle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to go on it. I'm just going to go on the assumption it's that Joey. Thunder... it was only one name. It was just Joe. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> What's what's your real? What are you hiding, Joey? Anyway, thank you for uh, signing up for Patreon. If you want to join, if you want to get ad free episodes a day early, if you want to join our quarterly uh, Patreon happy hours like the one on February 1st, go to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Do it. Do you want to talk about artificial intelligence? I mean, I do. This episode was my idea, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that you're on the fence about that. <laughs> yeah. What's why did you? Well, I mean, I'm here with you, Mike, because I yeah. kind of that's what we, what I signed up for when I signed up for a life partnership with you. But right. what? Yeah. Um, why did you want to talk about artificial intelligence? Partially, I wanted to do it because I, as a computer scientist, which that's a weird phrase to say, but it's true. That's like actively has been my career is in computer science. That's what you uh, currently do for a job. Yeah. Yeah. Art, I mean, artificial intelligence is something that I'm super, super duper interested in. And um, my company, I work for Salesforce, which we don't have to be. You do have to be still because <laughs> that's funny for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, Salesforce went through a bunch of layoffs here a few weeks ago. And it raised everybody's anxiety about like, oh, fuck, is my job secure? What's going on? At the same time that AI is like in the news all the time, it is very much a, a source of anxiety about the way that our culture is changing and what the future is going to bring. And it, it also, because gay people are part of society, is affecting <laughs> gay people. Um, now, I, I'd hoped to make maybe more direct connections to gay shit uh but um i don't know yeah i'm it's my show and i'm nervous about ai and it's like very much in the news right now and you're personally nervous about ai yes absolutely what about it i have gone okay i interview people for technical jobs all the time i like will ask somebody to implement an algorithm for me and give them a whiteboard and watch them like think through their technical solution to this problem and I started playing around with ChatGPT, which we're going to talk a lot about ChatGPT today. And I asked ChatGPT some of my favorite interview questions that I ask humans when I'm seeing if they're you know, capable of doing this job. And it did great out of the like out of like the six questions that I typically rotate and ask new computer uh, uh, software developers, you know, uh, it, it got five of them right. Like, huh. optimal solution got got 
five did I say ask six? I asked it six questions and it got five of them right. Um so that I mean pass the Turing test. Y- exactly right. Yeah. Hmm. It, sort of. In a way. What scares you about that? That we are going to reach a point where I'm my my current job is not a thing mm. like why why hire a software developer if you can just open up chat gpt and say write me a program in python that does this and it spits it back out at you and it's right hmm. i don't need a python developer anymore right yeah. like um so I, I there's there's a there's something this is fucked up and i know this is fucked up but i'm going to say it anyway uh, I was sort of okay with the idea that chat that that chat bots would someday reach the point where like they could do customer service for us or they could write even write essays for us. But the idea that they could write code for us and that highly technical, highly valued like code writing abilities that was something that was going to be potentially automated away. That is terrifying and like hmm. how profoundly it's going to change our society and our economy is uh is it's just it's it's a lot it's a lot it sounds like the i mean there there are also more like philosophical like you know fears that come from it you sound like more the like you know actively targeting you know is my job safe or am i going to be like am i in a stable job because of this yeah well and and when we look at the things that you can automate away truck drivers uh writing customer service warehouse working as we get more robotic technology there are so many jobs that are just going to go away if this goes the way that we think that it might and because companies have all the power in our society and in our economy they're the ones that are going to make all of the money off of it it's not like this is it's not fucking star trek and like everyone's going to enjoy the benefits of all Mm. of this fantastic automation and making life easier yeah, it's not. It's going to be the fucking Elon Musk's and the fucking Jeff Bezos's and the fucking Bill Gates's of the world. They're going to reap all of the benefit here, and it, it's it's just scary and sad. I yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that that's to me like the biggest fear is that large swaths of jobs are no longer going to exist, and it's going to even further the like lower class versus billionaires. Like it's going to further the. Um, income inequality that exists especially in this country and and the types of jobs like where you need a physical person to like be like you need their physical body to do something um which i mean even that like you mentioned there are some jobs that they can replace with machines but like you know they're the the kind of service type jobs it's going to be that or i don't know who who's who needs i guess you're also going to lose like the middle managers like they don't need to manage yeah or i guess like you need robot techs <laughs> like maybe that's the middle yeah. manage the middle manager of the future is the person that just like is that can fix robots when they act up yeah well and uh one of my one of my segments shows that ai will lie to you Ooh. and um it 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 can do so with a great deal of confidence. <laughs> so there, there will be a, just like me, basically AI is me, Kyle, just like <laughs> just say things with great confidence and just hope nobody calls me on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the problems that's going to emerge though, is you still have to validate that what it's doing is correct because it's going to spit out something. And then who decides its value? 
Who decides yeah. its correctness? Who decides whether that's a good solution or not, or yeah. even based in reality? Yeah, it's going to spit out something that's probably a little bit homophobic. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I, I told you I have, I have quite a few segments on, on uh, chat GPT that I had planned for today. Are you familiar with chat GPT? Only from you. Only from me. Okay, so OpenAI is a, um, a, a, a organization that is, at least on paper, trying to democratize artificial intelligence. It's trying to make it available to the world so that it isn't just bound up in you know, a, a couple of companies. And they released a large language model um, called uh, GPT-3 uh, last year. Basically, they turned artificial intelligence onto the internet and had it read all the things that it could possibly read and then uh, set up uh, a, a, a model that reflects sort of the way humans talk and, uh, but also combined with all of the information and data that's on the internet. Where I'm going with this is you can get a chat GPT account and you can just type stuff in and it will respond. And all of my segments today are prompts that I gave chat GPT and then it's responses um and then my thoughts and feelings about them but uh I, I i thought because we're at the top of the show here that i would read we're not we're like halfway through the show already but uh uh I, here, here's this prompt I, I want you to tell me what you think okay i wrote i wrote this in there mike and kyle are the hosts of a podcast called gayish every episode mike says hello everyone in the podcast universe this is gayish and then kyle says the podcast that blank where he says something funny to fill in the blank can you give me three funny examples of things Kyle might say? Hmm. Here's what ChatGPT said. Number one, the podcast that will make your ears gay. <laughs> Number two. Oh, no, I hate that I laughed at that one. <laughs> Number two, the podcast that's gayer than a rainbow-colored unicorn. Oh. Number three, the podcast that's so gay, it'll turn straight people gay just by listening to it. It's important to note that humor is subjective, and what one person finds funny may not be the same for another. These are just a few examples of the many different things that Kyle might say on the podcast Gayish to fill in the blank. It's taking okay, over your job, Kyle. It's taking your job. I don't like that little, like, emo, like, oh, but, like, just so you know, funny is subjective. Like, I don't need your additions, chat GBT. <laughs> I don't need your little notes about defining humor for me. I know what humor is, you fucking asshole. Um... <laughs> It's like if every time after I say like something that I thought was funny, like also just so you know, um, <laughs> yeah, a couple of those are funny. I mean, like this is like artists are the ones that recently have been in the news about, I mean, and, and visual artists, especially, you know, as everyone's yeah. been posting like visual art that takes that steals from artists and creates combinations of them. Like, yeah, the, the idea uh, that something can write something better than I could just sitting down is like, um, I, luckily like writing is not what I do for a job. Like I'm not a copywriter or anything as a job. So like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'd be interested if it could like write good poetry or it could probably like write poetry. I, I just think there's something that like a, a machine could never get down about artistic writing or, or I don't know why poetry jumps to mind of like, there's something that has to be like human about like an experience that like an AI can try to replicate, but, could never could never like move the needle or create something new or evolve the art form 
Yeah. Well, and it'll do it'll do things like if you say do this thing in the style of, and then mm. name a style, name a person, name a, like you can, uh, one of the favorites that you'll see running around the internet right now is Doctor Seuss. Writes this thing uh, in the style of Doctor Seuss, and then it will do it. It and it yeah. and it and it, it does it pretty well. <laughs> I think Taylor Swift's last album. I think she just told like a chat thing to be like make an album in the style of Taylor Swift. And that's why we got that album. (laughs) It was just like, here's a generic Taylor Swift sounding song. And you're like, yeah, I guess you're right. Technically you did it. Kyle, don't piss off the Swifties. You know, you know that they are, they already hate me. People don't understand the difference between what either of us say. I've been reading through some of the service responses. People don't know the difference between you and me. So that's fine. Mike said all that. (laughs) Great. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, so, but one thing I one thing I have noticed is that when I type stuff into ChatGPT, it comes back with interesting things, thought provoking things, scary things sometimes. <laughs> but it still is pretty clear that it is not a person. It still is pretty clear that it is um, a, a machine that is that is doing its best using all of this training that it's had and all of the information that's out there on the web. So um, you're, you're going to talk about the, the Turing test or Ellen Turing at the very least. It, I, it would not pass the Turing test, at least not hmm. for me. Yes. Well, but it's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's get, I mean, uh, getting closer. Like, yeah. I, when we talk about right now where it's at, like, you know, when you're talking to like uh, something that's trying to be customer service and you're like, you're not returning the information I want. And there's no way to say to you, like, this is incorrect and do something different. Yeah. Like try again differently like there's no way it's so fucking frustrating when you like are in one of those chats and you're like you just want to write human get me a human you're not yeah i if i wanted to search your help section i could do that myself i know which keywords to type in like i you know so yeah okay but this actually leads to this article that i read that is basically like ai is homophobic (laughs) essentially there's okay. this article called Busting Homophobic Anti-Queer Bias in AI Language Models. It's on Cosmos Magazine, which is like Cosmo with an S, okay. um, by Petra Stock from 2022. And is it is it is it Cosmos like 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 is it named for Carl Sagan? You know, you'd have to ask Petra Stock that. I have no fucking sure. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, definitely is. 100%. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> Let's ask AI and see if it knows. Um so Katie uh, Felkner is a PhD student in computer science specializing in natural language processing. And uh, Katie said, quote, large language models are very much a product of their training data. When the trading data is yeah. scraped from the web with very minimal auditing, like most of the training data is today, you're going to pick up on a lot of the sort of the nasty and hateful sentiments that are out there on the web. So essentially, like, to get this information, to build, like, these models of how people talk or to build models of how art looks, it has to crawl the existing internet. And the existing internet is homophobic and racist. And It's fucking awful, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, the end result of when you're trying to feed it large swaths of information so it understands how humans talk, you're going to come back with homophobia and racism. And we've seen that, like, when, you know... I forget who was it Microsoft that set up like Microsoft. Some, yeah. It was like, and it so quickly just was racist. It just so quickly was yeah. like turned into a Nazi. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So 
Because <laughs> that's how people be. Like that's it's funny how like abjectly horrified we are when but that's just that's just that's what's out there. Like the YouTube just... algorithm is built to like what's it called? Like make you into a worse and worse right wing person to what's that called? That process called? It like just it just shows you worse and worse videos that speak to your very fears and uh, and and like that's that's what the youtube algorithm does that's one of the kind of yeah. complaints about it anyway she started with a popular model called bert which is by stands for bidirectional encoder representation from transformers that means nothing to me but apparently that is one of the most popular um ai models uh she fed it more inclusive content like queer twitter and queer news which i love that um and successfully trained bert to be less biased towards lgbtq people um she had a bias score that she used and the lower the score the better um, so the, the bias score shifted from like just the off the shelf at 74 ranked at 74%. Um, and by feeding it queer information, it shifted it down to 55%. So, um, mm. there are ways to feed it. Like you mentioned, like, we're the ones that decide, is this the right output? Is this good? Is this what I wanted? Like, we're the, also the ones yeah. that are feeding it the information that it is using to decide what to do and so part of the onus is up to the people creating ai if you just say use the internet the internet is homophobic and you're going to get homophobic results so it's up to us to to make sure that doesn't happen essentially and if you are lazy or if you're a business and don't want to spend additional money which is probably more likely going to be the case then you're going to get this homophobic result and you should be like, you should get in trouble for that. Like you, I don't know whether it's fined or, or people should, you know, threaten to cancel their accounts or whatever should is like, that should happen because you're, you should be required to put in the extra time to make sure your shit, your AI isn't homophobic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She apparently presents do do as, do as we say, not as we do. AI. Well, do I mean you can do you can model yourself after me. You can you can feed in AI some some gay Kyle. I'm sure I, oh, like no. I will result in a fabulous response. Every any response I give will, will be wonderful. We did the math. We did the math last week. There are 391 hours of gayish uh, so far, and uh, uh, that's plenty to make a, a racist AI. I think. <laughs> oh no! I didn't. Th- I hope not. I hope that's not what you get when you plug us into something. Um, Katie presented at the queer in AI workshop at the North American chapter of the association for computational linguistics conference, which I just thought that was cool that there was a queer in AI workshop. Maybe she just created that herself or something. I don't know, but like, I'm really glad that someone like um, Katie Felkner is her name is, is thinking, presenting, talking about how do we reduce the homophobia of, AI. Yeah. Yeah. God, Katie, fix it. Please fix it. Make sure make sure I have a job. Oh. And then, and and fix it. And yeah, I mean, the way to solve both of those is just fucking break it. <laughs> right? But there's like that ship has probably sailed, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that uh, that's another part of this is like is the future that you were describing of AI, you know, taking over the jobs and roles of so many people like is that a foregone conclusion? Yeah, probably. It's kind of what I think. I, it reminds me of, you know, the, like anyone like the, those old timey ads for like 
electricity and people being like, watch out for electricity. It's it's like well, there is there is there is some of that. I like if there if I have any like optimism or hope about the whole thing, it's that every major culturally transformative technological advance in the history of mankind has brought with it fear and anxiety about like it's going to be the end of the world it's mm. going to be the end of humanity it's going to be the end of culture like it it just it just it just is and uh we've made it through all of the other things up to now yeah so maybe we'll be okay yeah. like maybe we'll find a way like things will be different but not gone <laughs> yeah well yeah so then i think you know, it's not about whether it will happen or not. It's can we make this process easier? And that includes things like, can we regulate it to make sure it's not homophobic racist? Can we help? Can we set aside, you know, government money for those whose jobs are definitely going to be impacted to help with things like training and, and to help shift people into jobs that are going to exist in the future. Like there are things we can do to make that process easier that we won't do because that's socialism and, uh, and this is America and we would never do that. So like we won't do those things, but then we could just make that process easier if we really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to do another chat GPT thing? Yeah. Another chat GPT thing. I, what I want you to get from this, this little section here though, is what I was talking about earlier that it will lie to you. Mm. It will absolutely lie to you confidently and straight to your face. And I thought this, this our, our, our audience will maybe think this is funny because I sure did. Uh, the prompt was, oh, and, and uh, ChatGPT, just so you know, was only trained up to the end of 2021. I, I asked it, can you tell me anything about the podcast Gayish? <laughs> it said, I'm sorry, I don't have enough information about a specific podcast called Gayish as it might be a relatively new podcast or a podcast that hasn't gained much popularity. Oh, wow. Uh, it's a sassy bitch. Yeah. However, there are several podcasts with the name Gayish that discuss various LGBTQ plus topics, such as news, culture, and personal stories from the hosts and guests. Some of them might focus on the experiences of gay men, while others might be more inclusive of the entire LGBTQ plus community. Some of these podcasts might also be comedy-oriented, while others might take a more serious approach to discussing LGBTQ plus issues. If you have a specific gayish podcast in mind, please provide more details, and I'll try to give you more information about it. So, I, it, okay, first, all of that just sounded like bullshit. It's just like it's just it's just trying to talk. It would be a really good podcaster, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, half of uh, that's what I sound like sometimes when it's like, well, you stopped talking and now I'm saying things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then, uh, but then, like, there's there's the ChatGPT does this interesting thing where it maintains it knows what you've said before. Hmm. Like, you can open up a new chat that starts with no history to it, but if you if it's if it says it, like it just said at the end here, provide more details. It already knows what you've asked. You can just like keep keep going, and that's new and different and kind of scary, mm. right? Like usually it's just in the past it has been you send one thing, it sends one thing. If you respond to that, it has no idea. Hmm. It's ground zero every single time. Not how GPT rolls. Anyway, so I said the podcast I'm talking about is literally called Gayish Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. Here we go. I apologize for any confusion. Gayish Podcast is a podcast oh. hosted by two hosted by two friends, Matt and Tim. <laughs> Am I? Are you Matt? Am I Tim? I, I, they describe the show as queer centric, a queer centric podcast that covers a wide range of LGBTQ plus topics, including news, pop culture, and personal stories. 
The podcast is characterized by the host's sense of humor and their ability to discuss serious issues in a relatable and approachable way. The show has been running since 2016, and they have over 200 episodes till to date. They have a wide range of listeners who are queer and also allies. They have a five-star rating on most of the podcast platforms and is considered as one of the most popular LGBTQ plus podcasts. Well, there's your lie. <laughs> They're so many. <laughs> so, it, but it's like, okay, so we are, we're Matt and Tim and we've been around since 2016. Which is not have correct. Over t- not correct. Over 200 episodes to date. That is true. At the end of 2021 is probably, probably true. And a five star rating, Do y'all. Great review, subscribe, <laughs> and recommend. That is incorrect. <laughs> that is incorrect. A recent rating that uh, a review that someone wrote is uh, four stars. I started having debt in kindergarten. Yeah, and I want to yeah. know. It was did an AI? I was like really confused by that. But maybe an AI reviewed that. Did Chat GPT review us? Because I don't know what that means or how that relates to me specifically or what I should do with that review. Anyway, review. <laughs> well, and we've yeah. I, I told you about the the, the five star review we got just like a couple of weeks ago. That like the the body of it was good podcast, but the subject line was Kyle like men, which I think it's onto something. <laughs> They got my name wrong. My name is Tim, but I think you're onto something there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God, the Matt and Tim thing. But it's it's just it's just it's just lying. It's just it's just lying yeah. confidently. Yeah. So and then I said, "Who are Matt and Tim? Don't you mean Mike Johnson and Kyle Getz?" And it said, "I apologize for the mistake. You are correct that the hosts of Gayish Podcast are Mike Johnson and Kyle Getz, not Matt and Tim. Mike Johnson and Kyle Getz are friends who started the podcast in 2016." <laughs> it's just trying to like it it's like someone who's just trying to appease you like oh yeah oh yeah sure you're right it sounds like a gas later that's like oh yeah yeah no i know that absolutely and and so now put this in the hands of the type of person who does their own research (laughs) on vaccines on climate change on the deep state on all the QAnon shit like it is not it is not incentivized or compelled to be truthful or lead you in the right direction it 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 just says things and you have to still be a good consumer of information but there's the appearance there because it's a computer that knows everything the internet knows and responds to you conversationally there's a weird i feel it myself a pull to trust it hmm. and and I'm so worried. I have had such an abysmally low opinion of people's ability to consume information. Yeah. And this makes it even harder and scarier. I think fucking in, idiots are everywhere, Kyle. I think we'll, we, we don't need classes on information. Well, I mean, we do, but we also need classes on how to, how to learn information. Like we need to, we need information on how to to be good consumers of information. Like that's what we need to learn because there's like the information is out there somewhere. We just need to learn how to find it, how to understand what's true and false. Like, yeah, absolutely. But I want to go back to, like you said, it's end goal or whatever is, is not to be truthful. What is, what is its goal then? To Well, first it doesn't have a goal, right? Like most experts agree that whatever sentience is, none of these large language models have it 
It doesn't have a soul. It's not a person. It doesn't have a will. Like something about a goal implies that there's a a desire that is being pursued, and and that's not that's not it. What this thing is doing is based on everything it knows about the way that humanity interacts with each other. If a human were to say this, what would another human say back? Hmm. And so, and it knows a whole bunch of shit. It knows everything that it's ever read. But if if it has a goal, it is merely to respond the way that humans respond to each other yeah which is often shitty and inaccurate and <laughs> well and that explains the like oh you're right i'm so sorry if i made a mistake like that's not it like it doesn't need that to give you that for like any kind of purpose other than trying to sound like a human might sound if it made a mistake right yes yes, yes, yes. although there's also i don't know i don't know how they built this model it does not appear to be racist or homophobic. Uh, in fact, some of the things that it says, it goes out of its way to say, like, you know, hey, I, well, you uh, earlier um, with the with the humor example, right? When you said like, you don't need to tell me what, what funny is, but um, uh, it, it goes out of its way to say that like stereotypes are harmful and not true of all people, or it'll it'll say. Uh, sexual orientation and gender identity are complex and individuals should not be reduced to stereotypes. Like it, <laughs> somebody has done a lot of work to make sure that it doesn't go the way of the Proud Boys and <laughs> QAnon. So that's interesting. I don't know where those guardrails are or how strong they are. I wonder if they did um, the same thing as what's her fuck? Katie Falkner. I wonder if they fed it gay Twitter. <laughs> maybe. It, entirely possible. Yeah. But yeah, so just everybody out there. If, as we, it's going to happen more and more. We're going to interact with artificial intelligence and these large language models more and more and more. GPT-4 is already uh, almost done and going to be released. And it's supposed to be yet another big leap forward in this technology. Know how to parse what it is saying. Know how to validate what it is saying. Treat it with the same level of skepticism and bullshit as you treat everyone but Kyle and I because we're always right. Yes. Treat it like you're talking to your aunt. <laughs> you're kind of drunk aunt. Um, yes. Well, I want to talk to you about Alan Turing. Yeah, you do. I want to tell you a little bit more about Alan Turing, who is one of the founding fathers of artificial intelligence in modern cognitive science. Yeah, good story. Alan Turing was born in 1912. So that's a long time ago. Um, yeah. You know what? And, if he wasn't what? already dead, he'd be dead. He probably would. Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Or he'd be the oldest man alive. The oldest homosexual in the world. <laughs> um, he was gay. Uh, and the two biggest things that he is known for is first in World War II, the Enigma is the principal, the name of the principal cipher machine used by the German military to encrypt their radio communications. Uh, Turing and others created the, I don't know how to pronounce this, bomb, but with an E at the end, Bombay, I don't know, um, which is a code-breaking machine that gave the Allies large quantities of uh, military intelligence. And in 1942, Turing also devised the first uh, systematic method for breaking uh, messages encrypted by Enigma, and the British called that the Tunny. And because of uh, his work. So we were able to break uh, tons and tons of messages uh, from the Germans 
um, as a result of what he did, he was made an officer, officer of the most excellent order of the British Empire or an OBE for his code breaking work. I mean, if you if you're big enough of a deal that eventually Benedict Cumberbatch is cast as you, you were important. Yep. 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 If a straight actor plays you and gets an Oscar <laughs> nomination, you know you're big. You made it. Uh, the other big thing he is known for, which we've mentioned, is the Turing test, which is uh, he devised this theoretical uh, kind of way to test computers' performance of how well they pass as humans in their communications with a human. I did not know this. This was originally known as the imitation game, which is yeah. where the film Benedict Cumbersnatch got that's where it came from. Um and it How is, is he, based... why Benedict Cumberbatch looks so weird. Like if you pay attention He's... to his face, it is weird. And he still manages to be hot despite his weird face. I don't understand he... it. I, I think so. I I I, d- I think instead of looking at him and thinking like I'm looking at a a weird looking human think like think instead think i'm looking at a hot lizard (laughs) then he makes more sense yeah yeah or like he's what ai thinks a human loot looks like yes (laughs) yes exactly so apparently this is based on a party game in which participant a has to detect the gender of participant B, they would communicate in writing by um, uh, by questions and answers without seeing or hearing each other. And the goal of participant B is to deceive participant A into concluding the wrong gender. So that's what um, the Turing test is based on, which I had not known. It all comes down to gender, Kyle. <laughs> it all comes down to gender, which that was like an interesting thing, like just even thinking about that that part like i could see that being a real big party game in the 50s or whatever like oh well i'm i'm trying to be a girl flowers dresses you know like i was just imagining what people did like old-timey people did to you know be that pretend they're a different gender in 1951 um he was elected a fellow of the royal society of london i didn't know what that meant but i just put important in parentheses because that was a big deal for that means something that's big so you know important but the the last uh, kind of well-known thing about him in 1952, he was convicted of gross indecency uh, because homosexuality was a crime in Britain at that time um, because he had a relationship with a 19 year old. And there's some like there was a robbery at their home or something and they they called people and then like. I think it was through that that they then were like, wait, you're in a relationship with this guy. It's like something like real shitty where you're like expect to have the police or whoever, you know, came to investigate, like to be on your side, you're going through a shitty time. And then someone's like, oh, well now you're in trouble because you're in relationship with this dude. Yeah. So he was sentenced to 12 months of hormone therapy or also called chemical castration, which I didn't know. I was like, I had to like, kind of look this up because it was like what is that and what did they do so those are injections of a synthetic estrogen um the treatment made him impotent caused him to to grow breast tissue like they they injected him over the course of 12 months with synthetic estrogen yeah sure that's humane at least he wasn't banging banging other dudes yeah i can't imagine And, and it's also like ironic that now 
trans people who want to go through this, like this was a punishment for someone being gay. And nowadays someone who elects, who wants this is also like, it's, it's, it's real. It's just, it's ironic that it was once a punishment and now you can't, you can't do it if you want to. Yeah. As a result of this, he was denied from continuing to work at his previous research positions. And I did not know this. I had always heard that he died by suicide. And apparently that is not as like hundo P guaranteed kind of thing as I originally thought. Like, did did you also have this idea that that was for sure how he died? Or did you know that? Uh, It's it's pretty common for people to claim that the reason that the Apple logo has a bite out of the apple is that that's the bite of the poison apple that Ellen Turing ate mm. that killed him uh all of that is horseshit but it's, oh, it's, it's, you'll see it you'll see it repeated on the internet and by chad gpt if you ask it probably because it's also full <laughs> of shit but yeah yep yeah so uh he was discovered at the age of 41 in in 1954 he was discovered dead in his bed um was poisoned uh, by cyanide um the official verdict was suicide it's interesting because um his death is often attributed to that really inhumane hormone therapy that they forced him into. This was a year after that. And apparently a close friend of his had said he had handled that um, hormone therapy with quote, amused fortitude. That's not to say that you can't have an outward appearance of, you know, fortitude and still be hurting or, or, but it's just, um, there was no evidence to indicate he had, any plans to take his own life or that there was anything going on with his, uh, apparently the coroner claimed that his mind was disturbed and there was no evidence of that in reality. Yeah. So it, it is possible that it was a suicide. It's also possible that it was an accident because he worked in like labs and places with cyanide. Um, it was possible that it was a murder, especially, and this is the part that was like, Oh yeah. In a time when gays were seen as a threat to national security, yeah. Um, it's also possible that this was a murder. So yeah, yeah. That, that is a part of his life that I, that I didn't know was not a done deal or not, uh, not a given. Yeah. Not, not investigating has been a tool of oppression for mm. a really long time. Just mm. like, don't look into it. We didn't want them alive anyway. Like, yeah. No, no yeah. big loss. Don't spend a lot of resources on it. Which yep. still happens. Like how often, how often do like black kids go missing and we don't even see it on the fucking news at all, but like one white girl in Iowa goes missing and the whole fucking world knows about it. Yeah. Or like, yeah, you, the, the police officers are like, Oh, yep. He had this gun or shot at us or whatever. And then you're like, okay, let's see your body cam footage. And they're like, Oh my God, so sorry. Can't find it or whatever thing. And you're like, um, in 2009, a British prime minister, Gordon Brown speaking on behalf of the British government publicly apologize for Turing's treatment. Four years later, Queen Elizabeth II granted Turing a royal pardon, which I think, I mean, you know, obviously like way too late. Yeah. But I, I think that matters. I think that's meaningful to to have done that at all. Yeah. Do you think that do you think that matters? Do you think that's helpful? Um I mean it's better than just pretending that it didn't happen at all like the catholic church does so yeah yeah yeah. uh i i wonder how much benedict cumberbatch had to do with that right like this is a a super interesting fascinating story but i i don't know that i don't know that enough people knew about it to garner Hmm. a reaction like that from um officials i i I, yeah 
Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. The last thing I will leave you with for Alan Turing, at least, is that Turing wrote this at the bottom of one of his letters. Turing believes machines think. Turing lies with men. Therefore, machines do not think. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Huh. What an interesting dude. What an interesting dude. He's like vital in the, you know, in the existence of computers in World War II and is also gay and also was treated like absolute shit. So there's a little, little bit of history for you. I love that you did the history this week, though. Yeah, I, there was some other episode where someone was like, ang- oh, when we talked about math, which I think was a bonus, Patreon bonus episode, someone's angry we didn't do Alan Turing. So I want to make sure we, we covered him today. uh uh okay so real quick i wanted to talk about i looked high and low for a gay connection of any kind to this thing and i couldn't find one i couldn't find one so i decided to like reject it but i just i can't get away from it i want to i want to talk about it at least briefly and then we can move on in 1770 so that long ago a machine was invented by Wolfgang von Kempelen, and this is maybe the gayest thing about the whole story, to impress the Empress Maria Theresa of Austria. <laughs> it went on tour with this machine, it was a sizable machine, and it would play chess against people. And it, it, it went all over the place. And it, went, uh, it, was, it was destroyed by a fire in 1854, but it had a whole bunch of different owners. But what what I what I love about it the most is that it was all it was all bullshit. It, there was a they would they would have what? a master chess player would get inside the cabinet and, <laughs> and and play chess from inside the cabinet. But they had like they had a bunch of like fake gears on the outside doing gear things and they had like <laughs> doors that they could open on the cabinet to like show its inner workings and but it was all ultimately there was just there was a fucking person in there playing chess and uh, an and elaborate elaborate hoax and um it also it so it, it has gotten called the mechanical turk and amazon has a service called mechanical turk that is basically the same thing you can send it work, and the work gets done, and it appears automated, but ultimately people are doing the work, and it's just feeding back to the system. So you can you can like hire people's bandwidth, the actual physical human bandwidth through it. Just I, I looked I looked through I had like forty tabs open on Wikipedia of like every name associated with Mechanical Turk and the the, the magic chess playing machine, looking to see if any of them were gay. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't. I mean, dude in the closet faking it. That's pretty well, that's, gay. You did it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel like uh, for for Patreon about interacting with ChatGPT with me? Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. I'm but gonna we'll be spend... angry if it's good, which I already am angry. It gave a couple good the podcast that things because, especially as a writer. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to, this is, this is up my alley that it's, that it's kind of knocking at my, at my butt holster. Yeah. Butt holes. So I'm, I'm worried about it, but I, but let's do it. Okay. That'll be fun. 
Um, okay. So then I'll I'll leave you with uh, with this with this uh, the, the last two things that I typed in there. One, I typed, "Why do people think drag queens are inappropriate for children?" Oh boy! And it responded, uh, "Some people may think that drag queens are inappropriate for children because they associate drag performance with adult themes and behaviors, such such as sexual expression or use of profanity." So far, so good, I think. They may also have conservative or traditional views on gender and may not be comfortable with the idea of children being exposed to alternative forms of gender expression. Additionally, some people may view drag as being associated with the LGBTQ plus community and may not want their children exposed to this aspect of society. However, there are also people who believe that drag queens can be positive role models for children, can help to teach them about self-expression and acceptance of diversity. I, more than any other interaction that I have with ChatGPT, love that answer like that's that's like neutral in a way that it like is not terrible like it's not neutral in the bad way it's it's neutral in the like let me get you the information while like it's correct but also like yeah some people just don't want to be around gay it's like <laughs> let's just be honest about yeah, uh, yeah i'm impressed and it answered a question i didn't ask right like i didn't hmm. i didn't ask what the other side was i didn't mm. ask about people that think that they might be positive role models or a way to help kids learn about self-expression, but it told me anyway. So yeah. that there's like this kind of a, I don't know, there's an interesting social responsibility that it, it's, it's fulfilling. Yeah. That I don't know. I, maybe I'm for artificial intelligence writing the news. If it's going to like <laughs> not be a dick bag about it. I, I mean, that's less biased than most of the right wing media. Like, that that alone did better news than most news does news yeah yeah absolutely uh, and then the the last thing that i asked it was what are the top five stereotypes of gay men Ooh. it gave the name and then the description of five stereotypes the the five the top five stereotypes of gay men it says are number one the feminine gay number two the promiscuous gay <laughs> number three the child molester gay oh my god Number four, the overly flamboyant gay. And number five, the single gay. A single man. I wonder if it just saw the movie A Single Man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Did it, that's interesting that it went for like categories of gay men rather than like individual aspects like fashion or this thing or, th you know, like that. That's interesting. Yes, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't expect that kind of answer from it. Yeah. It, it, like, it, and. It, a stereotype as like an identity as opposed to a behavior, I think is really, mm. is really, is really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You, uh, you've actually made me both more nervous on the writing side, but, but less nervous about like the possibility, you know, I talked like, you know, theoretical or some data that someone's looking at, but like uh, you gave me tangible like ways that this thing could have been homophobic and wasn't. So there's some, there's some hope to AI not being horrible for us. Yes, at least this version of it, right? Because I think what we're learning is it really does matter a whole bunch on who makes the model, how do mm -hmm. they make it, what do they train it on? Mm -hmm. And um, if we are learning lessons about making it better, um, then, 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 then great. The fear, though, is that out in the wild, out in the woolly internet, there are places for the shitty bad actors, just like with humans, to exist and operate and 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 be shitty so yeah. um 
Well, like I'll, a lot of the shitty bad actors tend to be companies that don't want to spend the extra time, money, or effort in like they just want to go the cheapest option and that lends itself to the like you have to spend we see that in why social media why glad gives every social media left less than 50 percent because like it's ai and even the human moderation it doesn't understand the nuances of what's homophobic and what isn't and it it treats us worse like you have to you have to either be willing to or be forced to spend extra money in order to make that not happen so i think I think some of the bad actors are just going to be like fucking Facebook. Yep. Yep. I agree. So did we, did we do it? We did something. And we, all of this script was generated by AI. We've just been reading. Thanks everybody. It's been fun. <laughs> I did toy with that idea, but like you know, really, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to see what it would come up with. Like if it could come up with a script for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll try that. Uh, oh yeah. I, I, we'll see what happens on Patreon. Okay. Um, but should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Beep boop, drunk bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Sorry, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're going to do our gays and straightest. We're going to do our gays and straightest, but first. Alert listener slash employee Derek let us know that we didn't talk about Megan and apparently there's like that's AI and the gays love that show and mm. but neither movie. Kyle it's a movie Mike <laughs> you, it's a movie show it's a talkie uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, not, but neither of us know about it so I mean I know about I like gays are so into it for some reason I don't know why and I also don't care Brian Jordan Alvarez is in that who I love him oh. um, but yeah. yeah I don't know Okay, well, we get, to, we get to talk about what we want to, and I don't know anything about Megan, so Megan, Megan. Yeah, all right. Well, um, we're going to, uh, oh, local gay bar review. Oh, my goodness, Kyle. Oh, my goodness, Kyle. I'm going to talk to you about Blend XL in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Okay. I was there for my birthday, middle of November, which that's germane to the story because... I forget what night of the week it was. It was like a Thursday or a Sunday. It doesn't matter. Time had no meaning and because uh, I was traveling so much. But we had gone to a couple of gay bars the night before. And this night, I wanted to go to a drag show and uh, enjoy my birthday and see Dutch drag queens. And uh, I was I was promised, despite being a weird night of the week, that there would be drag queens at Blend XL. I went to Blend XL. There was nobody there. <laughs> there was n- nobody. Uh, nobody at the bar. I had to wait to like get like seated to get a cocktail. They had all of the doors and windows to the place open, despite the fact that it was forty degrees outside. It was a fucking icebox in this place. There were no drag queens. I went home mad and did not get laid. One dildo. This is my first one dildo review. Is one the lowest it could possibly receive? You can't have zero dildos, Kyle. You can. <laughs> Look at my butt right now. <laughs> well, actually, okay. It was it, it was kind of cute, and I could see it maybe being fun if it were warmer and there were drag queens and there were There people. was anyone there. <laughs> yeah, but there were none of those things, so it gets one dildo. Marcy, okay. who I was traveling with a bunch, she said zero dildos. She said mm-hmm. she would be mad if I gave it any dildos, mm-hmm. so... 
I'm really just being obstinate. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as you have to. Yeah. Well, and I, fuck I know, you, that place. Yeah, Blend XL in Amsterdam. Fuck you. And I know that makes Derek really uncomfortable because like, his decisions now to make for social media. <laughs> no, there's no... De- no, you're not... You don't post a one out of five. No, there's no decision. The decision has been made. <laughs> what, what are they going to do? Well, nothing, because they're not going to know about it unless they, they listen to this, which they won't. So they don't—they don't have any drag queens to send after us. So, <laughs> All it's right. too cold for them to do anything or go anywhere. Hey, rate, review, rub, subscribe, and recommend everybody. It helps us a ton, and we need your help because we're—you know—we're who we are. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Please do that. Please do the four R's. Um, and while you're at it, do the survey. Gayishpodcast.com/survey. And come to the Patreon Zoom happy hour on Wednesday, February the 1st at 6 p.m. Pacific. As I Absolutely. said, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on all social media at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Um, gayest and straightest? Yeah, let's do our gayest and All right, I'll go. So um, my straightest is I have been sick recently, and that means I have not showered. I've just been a gross, disgusting pig pen of a mess. Great. Good work. Excellent. Um, yeah, my gayest. I feel better, by the way. Are you okay? Uh, I mean, you're here. You're doing it. I'm here. I'm doing it. You know, or are you? Maybe you're just AI. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm just AI. You tell me. Maybe the real Kyle is dead. Maybe just... I'm Tim now. Um, <laughs> maybe you're Avril Lavigne. <laughs> maybe I got Avril Lavigne. Um, <laughs> my gayest is that has meant Reynolds has had to deal with so many extra cuddles. He's put up so well. He's let me cuddle him almost to death sometimes because you need extra puppy loving when you're sick. Puppy loving, having a blast. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so the strangest thing about me this week, as we said on the Patreon uh, segment, is that I have a whole bunch of Miller Lite because Murph was here for the Seahawks game and I bought him Miller Lite that he did not drink. So I am drinking it, so I am my brother, so I am straight. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the gayest thing about me this week, I know that we've said that sex doesn't count and... I, I flew to Boston and back in less than 48 hours just to hook up. And that that seems <laughs> Was it sex tourism? Was that sex tourism? I... Nah. Okay. No. Okay. No, it wasn't. It, wasn't. it was sex, comma, tourism. <laughs> it, was, it was, however, really, really good. That was super Ooh, fun. So, yeah. Good for you. Thanks. Uh, we got a listener's gayest and straightest in audio format, which is my favorite kind. Thank you. Here, here, put it here, Kyle. <laughs> Love to hear that. Hey, what's up, Mike and Kyle? Uh, I've got a gayest and straightest for you guys. So I'll start with my, uh, my straightest. So sometimes I do live webcams to make a little extra cash, you know, and last night some dude was watching me and he loved hearing me talk about fucking my girlfriend's pussy. Um, <laughs> so I described that in great detail, which is pretty fucking straight if you ask me. 
Um, and now for the gayest thing, I am actually a raging homosexual. <laughs> I pretend to be straight for all those assholes online that give money to straight guys because that's just what they're into because they're femphobic. Um, so right after the show, my boyfriend and I flip-fucked each other, which was marvelous. Sometimes I feel a little bad lying about my sexuality when I'm camming, but I'd rather people's money go to a fag pretending to be straight than some straight asshole, right? Uh, so it is what it is. Also, I use about half of the earnings to tip local drag queens. Uh, and now I'm going to also subscribe to your Patreon because I have to hear your episode on Miley Cyrus because she is a fucking goddess. Um, I love your show and I look forward to listening to it every week. Bye. <laughs> okay, so let's react. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. <laughs> wow, Mike. <laughs> what a genuine reaction you just had. Me too. Oh, no, no, no. It was, we both listened to it. It was hilarious. Thank you for sending that in. <laughs> uh, yes. What? Can we do it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I guess. Oh, yeah. So thank you to Alan Turing. For just being just super duper gay. We appreciate that. Um, and thank you to Katie, I forget her last name, for trying to make AI less homophobic. Katie Perry does AI? Yeah, thank you, Katie Perry. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, thank you to Super Gap Bridgers, Andrew Bugby, Christopher M., John Crowley, Stephen Porch, Yostosel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanus, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Covington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cachetorians, and Jerome York. Yeah, that is it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Ketchatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Tim. Until next week, <laughs> be butch, be fabulous, be you. Bye. Bye. There were two, like, the feminine and the flamboyant one. I was like, what's the difference? Yeah. Well, the feminine gay says, uh, this stereotype suggests that all gay men are effeminate and have a strong interest in fashion, beauty, and other traditionally feminine activities. And flamboyant is, the this stereotype suggests that all gay men are overly flamboyant and theatrical in their mannerisms and behavior. How dare you! <laughs> Jesus, chat GPT. I don't know. Something history on it.